What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, we're going to start the show here in just a second, but guess what? The 2016 Bernie Sanders campaign started at the dinner table of which radio legend? I'll start the clock now. Ah, screw it. It's Bill Press. The answer is Bill Press. Bill has been one of the leading progressive voices in the country, so I'm glad he's still out there on the left, stronger than ever. And right now, he's using that progressive voice in the Bill Press podcast. The Bill Press pod is up twice a week, an in-depth interview with a major newsmaker on Tuesdays, plus his lively end-of-the-week roundtable with three of Washington's top political reporters, digging deep on the latest craziness from the GOP, the massive voter suppression bills in the states, and the Democrats' fight to keep control of Congress in 2022. So I encourage you to join me in subscribing to the Bill Press Pod. It's a must listen for all progressives. To sign up, just go to wherever you get your podcasts, search for the Bill Press Pod, click on subscribe, and then tell your friends to do the same. Take it from me, I follow the Bill Press Pod, and you should too. And now, let the cartoons begin. Recorded live in the USA, covering the whole wide world. Right on! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Thank you, Florida. Welcome to the Peter Gregory Foundation's fourth annual Orgy of Caring. The first three were fine. I hope that you enjoy the party. There is a second bar in back where the line is much shorter. Thank you. I'm finished now. Seska. Hello, Seska. You're looking radiantly maternal. The Bob Seska Show. <laughs> uh, from our nation's capital, it is Thursday, April 22, 2021. And this is the Orgy of Caring. The Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello. Hello, Bob. Hello, day 93 of the Biden-Harris administration, 564 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska and on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. And let's bring him in. Jody is getting Jody is getting her second uh, Pfizer vaccine right now as we talk as we say all this crap. So of course it's just me and David today. David T Rex Ferguson from the T Rex Report podcast, also from Astral Summer AstralSummer.bandcamp.com is his music project. Uh, so many things to talk about, David. How are you, my friend? It's been so long. I'm just getting oiled up for the orgy of caring here. <laughs> That is from Silicon Valley. That is uh, Peter Gregory 
who uh, we lost way too soon. I think the actor who played Peter Gregory died at the end of the first season. So we only got that character for, I think it was one season, just endlessly hysterical. And that was like, that was supposed to be a bunch of tech geeks virtue signaling and getting it way, way wrong. So they're having an orgy of caring. Um, So much to talk about today. In a little bit, I want to play that uh, Florida Man song. Speaking of Thank You, Florida. I want to play that Florida Man song by Hal Sparks that he did for the... Uh, I'm dying to hear it. Let's just let it rip. What do you say? You want to hear it? Okay. It's, yeah, uh, I love Hal. This is, from, <laughs> this is from the 10th anniversary show of the Sexy Liberal Comedy Tour this past... Uh, it was a week ago Saturday, I believe it was. But Hal posted this on his YouTube channel, and it is an instant classic. I don't know why it doesn't have more views, because it's so immensely funny. It's all about... You know, every lyric in this is based on an actual news headline uh, <laughs> about Florida man. So here we go. This is uh, this is the great house sparks. Wait for it. 
I think I have to throw up. I gotta throw up. <laughs> <laughs> the great Hal Sparks from the Sexy Liberal Comedy Tours 10th Anniversary Show, sexyliberal.com. If you want to buy it, you can watch it on demand. Plus, you can also see uh, the Hal Sparks video for that uh, on YouTube, on his YouTube channel. So, holy shit, that was fucking great. <laughs> His Neil Young impression is really good, actually. He's got that same kind of search and destroy mission for the note thing. <laughs> Neil Young's right. got going, oh, you know. <laughs> well, it's, it's just, oh, I was uh, just seeing a thing yesterday on MSNBC where Nicole Wallace was talking about how Republicans are – Trump is losing his grip on the party. Yeah, yeah. Because he doesn't have the media, you know, megaphone that he had. And right, right. He's just kind of fading into irrelevancy down there at Mara Lardass. Yeah. And, well, the best um, thing to happen uh, comes to us from Twitter, which, you know, suspending that Twitter account was a big fucking deal as far as that goes, uh, as far as stripping him of his ability to uh, be able to constantly flood the zone. I can't even imagine what we'd be talking about today, even if, you know, the the what happened happened that he lost the election, even with that. Knowing that he would have had his Twitter account all this time probably would have thrown the conversation way off into some sort of, well, let's, you know, constantly counterattack what Donald Trump is saying. And instead, we get to debate the subjects and the topics and the issues on the merits rather than whatever Donald Trump is trying to destroy with his, uh, his Twitter feed. So that's how I was, I was thinking about it on the night of the Chauvin verdict. Yeah, when right. It was like, I'm so glad I don't have Donald Trump shitting all over this moment right now. Right, right. Well, uh, instead, we get Tucker Carlson. We're treated to Tucker Carlson, uh, <laughs> who's kind of taken over that spot. Um, there was another poll for 2024, and Tucker Carlson's right there in the mix. In the, He's not polling double digits. He's in the single digits. But there are a lot of guys who are in the single digits. I mean, I think Ted Cruz is in single digits. It's so ridiculous to be even thinking about 2024 oh i know right now. no it's just like it makes me want to have it i mean because it's like we just barely survived the last election <laughs> right right and the aftermath like, like let's just think about 2024 in 2022 yeah Can exactly we yeah yeah well i mean any poll that comes out now is more or less irrelevant other than if you're monitoring the horse race and that's all it is it's just like who's it's, up who's down who's got name recognition who doesn't and the weird thing is you take Donald Trump out of the mix himself, and the top two are Mike Pence and Donald Trump Jr. So I don't know which is worse, the fact that <laughs> Donald Trump uh, might actually run again or the fact that Donald Trump Jr. is polling so high at this point. Even even though it is a bit irrelevant, it's still, it still tends to build totally up. totally irrelevant. Right, right. It's well, like two-year-olds pointing at a field full of cows, and because they know what horses are, they're like, horsey, horsey, you know? I mean, it's just, you know, it's name recognition. Uh, yeah, no, it's it, it's totally irrelevant. Well, the way the, other, up in the, polls. the way the other Republicans could disarm Tucker Carlson's would-be campaign for president is if they get him to laugh a lot. If they, if, if someone... Is, you know, I think someone left a taco or two out of his party pack. I mean, he's just... He is rolling on one donut tire and trying to do 70. I mean, something's wrong with Tucker Carlson right now. I've yeah. never heard him make this sound in all of his years of broadcasting. Mm -hmm. but I've seen these clips you're about to play, and they are deeply unnerving. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't have the clip. I'm not going to force the clip down everyone's throats here today on the show. But I do have the clip of him laughing, and that's the most important part. of the. There were two clips of him laughing over the past few days, and all you need is one take of that laughter, and it's insane. <laughs> 
That's Tucker Carlson. That's super duper <laughs> serious Tucker Carlson with his docksiders and his catamaran. He just. <laughs> I mean, look, I know that I have a loud, cackling laugh. I mean, everyone talks about it. In fact, some people have mistaken it for an old fat guy who sits behind me during the show. There's no old fat guy who sits behind me. It's just me way over here like that and laughing. But my laugh is nowhere near Tucker Carlson's laugh in terms of it's just no, That's weirdness. like Mark Hamill as the Joker. <laughs> that's like, you know, the guy on the airplane who's like, we're, we're all going to die. You know, like it's that kind of laugh. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like an hyster- uh, it's an hysterical laugh is what it is. It's like I'm losing my spadoinkle. It's that kind of laugh. You know what it is? It's, it's Tom Hulse from Amadeus. It's that laugh. <laughs> That, that's Tom Hulse. Uh, th- this is Tucker Carlson. This is Tom Hulse. It's the same. It's the mm. same laugh. Let's play them together. Oh, God. I, f- it, I feel like I just walked into that gif from the Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, what, what is yeah, it? Which yeah. one are you talking about? Which gif? Uh, maybe it's not even Wolf of Wall Street. It's just like laughing businessmen, you know. Oh, like, okay. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, these are the just, these yeah. are the manly men on Fox News. We're we're men. This is the standard bearer on television for the entire Red Hat movement, and he laughs like this. <laughs> But it was it was maniacal, and it was also in the context. Kind of like how I imagine Jenny uh, Thomas, uh, you know, <laughs> Clarence Thomas's wife laughing, you know, when someone makes a, you know, yeah, yeah, Joe Biden Anita Hill joke or something. Well, so I was thinking about laughing like that when I get my vaccine today. As soon as they stick the needle in, I'm just going to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I would tease you at that point if I was the paramedic. I'd be like, uh, taser. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking about it today. I posted about this on Twitter and uh, Instagram, in fact. Um, I was thinking about getting my vaccination Star Trek style, where they just stick it right in my neck. You know, like every time someone gets an injection with a hypo spray on Star Trek, it's in the side of their neck. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> I don't the know. Artery, it's, even. it's horrible. And by the way, I almost just laughed like Tucker Carlson. I almost went... <laughs> Yeah, uh, and and by the it way, like an evil puppet from the Disney Pinocchio or something. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. So uh, yeah, at three o'clock this afternoon, which will be probably about twenty minutes after we wrap up doing the show, I got to run over and uh, it. Fortunately, to the giant pharmacy. Yeah, it's literally like I don't know a hundred yards from my door. It's like a very short, short walk. So I go over there, I get my Star Trek style hypo spray vaccination in my neck, and then I just walk home, and that's when I will uh, wrap up the show and uh, get it posted. So you're probably hearing this show a little bit later than it normally gets posted, but you know, I, there's nothing I can really do about it. It was such a, as you know from listening to this show, you know, it was a struggle to get this appointment in the first place. But now, since I made that appointment, I not only got notifications from the county about the mass vaccination site, but I also got the notification from my healthcare provider about vaccines there. So now it's like a, an embarrassment of riches. Everyone's trying to offer me a vaccine now. <laughs> it's like timeshare. It's like so, rain on a rainy day, yeah. a bowl of soup when you wanted a steak. How does it go? <laughs> It really, it sounds like a gay dolphin at like Sunday tea, you know, like laughing out of its little blowhole. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's a gay dolphin. Oh my God. That is the name of today's show. 
<laughs> Save the gay dolphin. Thank you very much. Oh, shit. Oh, anytime. anytime. So, you know, I'm joining the 200 million uh, people who have been vaccinated so far within Joe Biden's first 100 days. This is obviously, I think he's reaping the benefits. Joe Biden is reaping the benefits in, in the poll numbers. I think uh, most, the most recent poll showed him at like 59% approval. It's just, it's the competence of this administration that is uh, is responsible for this. And you compare it to what happened a year ago. I went off about this last night mm. on John saying show on uh, Sirius XM. And it's one of those uh, one of those topics that, yeah, again, it brings up Donald Trump, but at the same time, we can't forget why we're in this place. Why we're we're all racing to get vaccinated. Why Joe Biden has to spend all this political capital in order to get 200 million people vaccinated in his first 100 days. Um, it's because Donald Trump acted irresponsibly. Don't forget that it was either midway through about, you know, three quarters of the way through last year, three, three quarters of the way through 2020. New Zealand was wide open, having concerts, and ga- everyone was gathering. No vaccines to be found. Why? Because they did the responsible thing. They didn't even need the medicine. And and here we are having to do all of these things and without assurances even then. I mean, once we all get vaccinated, it doesn't necessarily mean that we can go back to normal. It's- you know, I uh, my husband for Christmas got me a gift certificate, optimistically got me a gift certificate for a massage that he made sure had a year before it would expire. But yeah. I keep going to redeem it because I could really use a massage and I just can't seem to to do it. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's like, but I'm just like, but what if, but what if, and even, I just, it's so weird to think about being that close to someone mm-hmm. for an extended period of time who I don't know and yeah. they're touching me. Yeah. It just. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. That would scare the shit out of me. I mean, I kind of made the decision uh, earlier this week that as much as I wanted to go back to the gym, I can't go back to the gym yet. I, I can't was, do that either. Yet. I was looking at the CDC guidelines and so on, and they were saying, "Yeah, you can go back to the gym, but be aware that's a high risk place to be with all the sweating and heavy breathing." And, and while they take precautions, and yes, there would be distancing, there would be mask wearing, there would be sanitizing my hands, washing my everybody would sanitizing the equipment and so on. It's still a big roll of the dice for something that amounts ultimately to vanity. And so I, I made the decision to to hold off. I, so at some point this summer i will hopefully go back to the gym because if i don't i'm going to drop a dumbbell through the floor of my apartment (laughs) and that is eventually going to happen the longer the timeline goes on that i'm working out at home the higher the chances are that i'm either going to smash my skull open with a dumbbell or i'm going to drop it through the floor so eventually i probably should go back to the gym for this just for the sake of personal and uh and apartment safety right but i'm not going to do it yet Yet, because I feel like there's still lots of people who aren't vaccinated and there's still these uh, chances that uh, I think at one point the CDC was saying, yeah, a vaccinated person can't transfer the virus to someone else who was also vaccinated. But actually, they reversed that. So it is possible if you're vaccinated, you can transmit the, va- the virus to someone else. Um, and that's still, I think, a little bit of an open question. But it just it just doesn't make sense to take that kind of a chance. I mean, there are certain things that we all want to do that are a little more safe. Like, for example, I'm definitely going out and bike riding, which I hesitated to do last summer because, well, there were still giant question marks. And what if I got mm-hmm. injured or what if I needed to get a ride home from an Uber or something like that? It would have been a, a dicey situation. But now with vaccines, I guess that's OK. But being in a small, confined space with other sweaty people 
is probably not the safest thing to do. So I'm looking at maybe a delay of a but couple But I think it has months. a huge amount to do with breathing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When you exercise, you breathe all the way down to the bottom of your lungs and back. Right. And like That's like singing as far as transmission because people are breathing from the deepest part of their lungs and mm-hmm. inhaling to the deepest part of their lungs. So and plus, you yeah, know what, I won't be at the gym either. You know, David, it's always been this too. We have come so far without getting infected, both Kimberly and I. And it's also the fact that, you know, I live with someone else. So it's not just me who I'm being responsible for. I'm being responsible for the person I'm living with too. And, and vice mm-hmm. versa. She's doing the same for me. So g- giving it to each other would be just a horrifying situation. I mean, the, the guilt mm. alone, much less the anguish of having to have a partner who is uh, who's testing positive for COVID uh, would be awful, 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 awful. So it's just it's not worth it. So the normal that we're going to face in the coming months isn't necessarily the same normal as it was uh, in 2019. This is a new kind of normal where we have to continue to be careful. And uh, fortunately, the CDC is pretty clear on its protocol as far as what you can and can't do if you're vaccinated. Uh, You can visit inside a home or private setting without a mask with other fully vaccinated people of any age. You can visit inside a home or private setting without a mask with one household of unvaccinated people who are not at risk for severe illness. So that's another little opening. You can travel domestically without a pre- or post-travel test. You can travel domestically without quarantining after travel. You can travel internationally without a pre-travel test, depending on the destination. You can travel internationally without quarantining after travel. But you cannot visit indoors without a mask with people at increased risk for severe illness from COVID-19. So if you have, say, for example, you have a friend who has decided he's not going to get vaccinated and he's going to do all kinds of traveling and has been traveling and putting himself at risk for a long time, probably not a good idea to be indoors without a mask with that person, uh, according to the CDC here. Uh, Also, you cannot attend medium or large gatherings, so no rock concerts and shit like that. But of course, that's not going to stop the shirkers and covidiots, as they're calling them, uh, from doing all that shit, which makes everything worse for those of us who have been vaccinated. I mean, again, the vaccine is not a 100% guarantee. Then, you know, at the same time, nothing is. You get a flu vaccine, it's not a 100% guarantee for that either. But it significantly improves your odds. And it improves, you know, if you do, if you're one of the, what, I think they've got like 8,000 out of 200 million people who've gotten infected in spite of being vaccinated. Yeah. Which is vanishingly small percentage. But even they, like, you know, don't, you know, three out of five uh, show symptoms, two don't, and then like none of them were seriously ill enough to be hospitalized. Yeah. So, I mean, that's part of it. And, you know, people who have long haul COVID who are getting the vaccine are seeing a dramatic reduction in their symptoms. Right, right. Um, so, uh, the, I mean, the vaccines seem to be pretty great. Well, the question remains, and again, I haven't seen any science on this. Uh, so, it is an open question that I have, and, and maybe there already is an answer for it. I just don't know what it is. But whether the science says that if you are vaccinated, Uh, and you end up contracting the virus anyway, and you're asymptomatic, or it's like not even a mild form, you're just completely asymptomatic, 
do you still run the risk of having some of the side effects like lung damage or dementia mm -hmm. in the long run? These are all things. Yeah, that, that's my question. Yeah. And so that kind of gives you pause before you go running out to, you know, the spring break uh, beach party. Raw dog so. in the air, as it were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think back last year to all of the events that occurred that we saw the videos of the people having pool parties in the, uh, in the Ozarks. Remember the Ozarks pool party that we saw? Oh, yeah. It's just tons of unvaccinated people without masks, without any distancing in a giant pool. I mean, and, and that's the kind of shit that you just don't do, but which people are going to do anyway, because fuck it, we have to own the libs. That's what that's all about. I'm going to be completely candid here and say that I'm kind of looking forward to the mass infections at mega churches <laughs> from people not getting vaccinated. <laughs> Sorry, it's just that's exactly how evil I am. Um, Shit. People are like, well, Republican men don't want to get vaccinated. I'm like, well, so? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. The people, Republican men like Ted Nugent, who don't want to get vaccinated, who spend an entire Ugh. year calling it a scam and a conspiracy theory and a hoax. And now they're reporting that it sucks, that it's awful. Ted Nugent's just bitching about his uh, symptoms and so on and how it ha it's not going away. Well, motherfucker, you know, you shirkers. It's not just about you either. You know, I wonder if there are people around Ted Nugent. Remarkably, I think someone was kindly enough to marry him. And so mm. who knows if his wife or his family or his friends have uh, been infected because of him. I mean, imagine living with that. Imagine living with the fact that you deliberately gave someone COVID with your irresponsibility and that person got severely ill or maybe even died. Imagine having to live with that. I wonder if so that's the thing about guys like Ted Nugent. It's always someone else's fault. Yeah, right, right. You know, it's always someone. I mean, I, and I realized recently that it is like a pathological thing mm -hmm. with that old dinosaur brain dude, yeah. the white guy that is the Trump voter, and that they cannot admit to making mistakes. They cannot yeah. admit to not knowing something. They cannot admit to ever being wrong. Right, right. And so you end up with this kind of entrenched, like, you know, ass backwardism that we have with people like Tucker Carlson. Mm -hmm. And Ted Cruz and Ted Nugent and, you know, where they're so far out on the limb of their ideology that they're like inhuman. Yeah. They're just like, you know, fuck well, those little brown kids in the cages. They deserve it. And it's like, what the hell is wrong with you? But, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's very simple to understand, though, uh, in terms of where they're coming from, because all you have to do is look through it, look at it through this prism, which is that the Republican Party, the red hat Trumpism Republican Party is merely just about saying the opposite of whatever liberals and Democrats are saying. Mm -hmm. Whatever mm -hmm. we're saying, they're going to say the opposite. We're saying get vaccinated, so they're going to say don't get vaccinated. I mean, uh, Donald Trump recently told uh, Sean Hannity, I think it was earlier this week, something to the effect of uh, he was going to do an ad telling people to get vaccinated because he himself has been vaccinated, which he has admitted to publicly already. And then the Johnson and Johnson thing happened where they pulled those vaccines out of an abundance of caution, not necessarily because there was any sort of prevalence of blood clots. They were just being cautious and trying not to fuel the anti-vax movement. Well, of course, Donald Trump saw that and decided, I'm not going to do this. That Johnson and Johnson made a huge mistake. I'm not going to do this. Like, oh, for fuck's sake. Your so, mother made a huge mistake when she uncrossed her legs. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> sorry, sorry. Right. Yeah. I just, 
So here's that another man is like a, just a waste of meat, you know, like, yeah, I mean, he yeah. Could be perfectly good lion food. Well, uh, here's a, uh, an important question. I think a lot of people are wondering about these days with regard to COVID, especially if you're like me after today, I'm going to be between vaccine doses. So, but what happens if you pull a Rocky mountain mic and you end up getting COVID between doses of the vaccine? And that's what happened to Rocky oh, mountain mic. Oh no. Did that happen? Yeah, yeah, it happened a while ago. Oh, he's he's fine now, but yeah, he ended up getting his first vaccine, then he got COVID, and then I think since then he's had Did he his wear a mask? second vaccine. I I'm not sure. You have to ask him. I don't know what the details are. But according to current studies, uh, they suggest that a single dose of the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine is about 80% effective in preventing COVID-19 infection about 2 weeks after your first shot. So 2 weeks from today, I'll be at 80% effectiveness with my Pfizer vaccine. Vaccine. Uh, quote, it definitely can and does happen, said Paul Pottinger, an infectious disease expert at the University of Washington. Remember, we even see COVID-19 infections in patients who've been fully immunized, meaning a solid two to five weeks after their second dose of either the uh, either of the mRNA immunizations. No matter what, you should still plan to get your second shot. That's because the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention explains experts still don't really know how long people are protected from getting sick again after recovering from COVID-19, and reinfection Mm. is possible. However, experts do know a bit more about how long vaccines protect you. Current evidence suggests people who receive the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines have robust protection for at least six months and counting. Yeah, we're probably going to have to get boosters at some point. That said, I'm okay it, with that. I heard yeah. early next year, probably. That yeah, we, yeah. We would know by late summer, early fall if they're going to be necessary. Yeah, I mean, to me, the idea of a booster would be, it would only be a downside if you're afraid of needles, if you're afraid of getting hypersprayed in the neck like I do. Uh, you don't, <laughs> that may uh, dissuade you from wanting to get a, a booster, but it's just, you know, you go in, it's done, and you're out. Uh, that said, the article continues, uh, if you do get COVID-19 in between doses, the timing of your second shot might change a bit. For one, you should not plan to get vaccinated until you've met the criteria set forth by the CDC to end your isolation. That's partly to keep others safe while you should uh, be in quarantine, but it's also to give your body the best shot at developing a robust immune response. And isn't that the uh, side effects people are having from the vaccines a consequence of their immune mm-hmm. system and the more robust your immune system is, the the harsher the side effects, the harsher yeah, the reaction. That's what we were talking it. about last week. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just a sign that your immune system is doing what it's supposed to. Right, right. Well, meanwhile, uh, going back to Trump here for just one second, the Trump administration awarded nearly $1.3 billion to a company to supply more than 100 million pre-filled COVID-19 vaccine syringes in 2020, which have never been delivered. Yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, they fucked it up. The Apiject syringe never received the needed FDA approvals, and the plant to manufacture the needles was never built. Pfizer said that even if the Apiject got all the needed approvals, it would not have any impact on our output or process. But still, $1.3 billion flushed down the toilet. Isn't that hysterical, Tucker? (laughs) So funny. So hilarious. Obviously, more incompetence. Um, and, and, and that's ultimately the thing that I just can't get past. I resent it so much. I resent everyone who shirked their COVID protocols. I resent everyone who uh, voted for Donald Trump. I resent everyone who uh, b- believed everything Donald Trump said, who acted on his Liberate Michigan and Liberate Virginia insurrectionist commands to his uh, disciples and his uh, citizen army. 
you know, all of that shit worsened this situation. I mean, his rallies alone worsened the situation. Mm-hmm. And it was all because Donald Trump wanted to get reelected. It had nothing to do with Donald Trump going, well, this is the safest way to do it. We have to get out to create herd immunity. He didn't care about any of that. He didn't care about herd immunity. He didn't care about hydroxychloroquine and making sure you get uh, bleach injected under your skin. That was all <laughs> horseshit under the banner of, I need to get reelected and I'm not willing to keep people at home. Uh, I want to indulge my supporters. Because I want to get fucking reelected. I mean, the most irresponsible thing in the, maybe in the history of the United States, maybe since President James Buchanan, maybe since the end of Reconstruction, there have been several cases in this country where presidents have done rank, incompetent, bullshit moves. And this is one of the big ones. This is one of the big ones because it ended up with nearly 600,000 people dead as a consequence yeah, of that irresponsibility. And the very fact that we have to jump through hoops right now in order to get vaccines uh, more than a year into this is another indication that what should have happened never fucking happened. You know, again, we, we can only look at places like New Zealand uh, with envy and admiration for their willpower, their competence, and their attention to their own society and not just, you know, whatever bullshit memes they're sharing on Facebook. You know what I mean? It's a lot of this has to do with, you know, vaccine denialism, opposite day politics and all the rest of it. Trump worship. We're still way ahead though in vaccines yeah. than we're way ahead of Europe. I mean, we really, oh, yeah, yeah. we this went is from being the worst right. COVID handling country on the planet to being the best. Oh and yeah. Yeah. And that's, you that's, know, yeah. And that what's going to happen as a consequence of that is we're going to get everyone vaccinated here and then we're going to go help other countries get vaccinated too. And that's kind of the role of the United States. That's what we've always done, at least historically. And that's the competence thing to do that's the reasonable rational thing to do and that's going to go a long way to solving a lot of problems but we never should have been in this situation in the first place just doing the right thing from the beginning would have prevented all of this vaccine shit you know all the nervousness are there going to be long-term side effects i mean what you know is it going to turn into a zombie apocalypse well, you know, all this bullshit Plus, there could have been additional testing going on with the vaccines, human trials, and so on. It wouldn't have been uh, rushed through with Operation Dork Speed or whatever the fuck Donald Trump called it. And so, what's funny is I see like Trump people like now bitching about no one's giving credit to Trump for the vaccines, you know, for putting the money into Operation Dork Speed. But like at the same time, I'm like, well, so. This is the vaccine that's against the virus that doesn't exist. Yeah, right. Like, you know, which is it, dude? Like, mm-hmm. should we be giving him credit for, you know, or should we be lambasting him for giving all this money to Big Pharma for a big hoax? Yeah, like, yeah. Make up your mind. And don't forget one of the side effects of all the shirking and uh, politics playing with the pandemic itself uh, from the Trump administration put all kinds of Asian Americans in danger because of uh, they mm. sent us the virus from China. It's the China virus coming to us from China. They sent here deliberately. And so uh, I, I'm looking forward to asking Senator Maisie Hirono on, uh, I'm interviewing her on Monday and the- Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, nice. Interviewing her on Monday, the uh, actual audio will drop on its usual slot uh, on Wednesday of next week. But that's one of the things I'm going to ask the senator um, about Donald Trump's irresponsibility in targeting, basically targeting Asian Americans and, and blaming China uh, for sending us, and that's the important part of the 
uh, nonsense from Donald Trump is that he kept saying it, they were sending it to us. So I'm looking forward to asking uh, Maisie Hirono about that. That's going to be a, uh, a fascinating uh, 20 minutes. So, um, and again, that's coming up uh, everywhere you get your podcast on the Bob Seska Show feed uh, next Wednesday. Um, meantime, let's uh, let's talk about Patreon. Thank you to all of our new subscribers. We surpassed 20 new subscribers on our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com in just a few days. And now we're about to hit 20 more after that. So since I started this, we've had 40, nearly 40 new subscribers on our Patreon page. And now I'm going to be making at least one behind-the-scenes video for all of our patrons. So if you're just joining us for the months of April and May, whenever we reach that threshold of 20 new subscribers, I'll produce an all-new behind-the-scenes video exclusively for our Patreon members. And all that happens at bobseskashow.com. Again, $5 per month is going to get you our post-mortem shows recorded after the end credits on our Tuesday and Thursday podcast. For $10 per month, you're going to get the post-mortem shows plus the after-party with me and Kimberly Johnson. And for $15 per month, you're going to get all of that, plus we take out all the commercials just for you. That's bobseskashow.com, or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show. Old is the ultimate absence, shockingly measurable, though at some point all you feel is my god i'm so happy we're doing this i am uh rediscovering all this music that we played a year ago last april that we're replaying this month on our rewind month this is sister well, I enjoy that because i mean who among us doesn't want to go relive april 2020 <laughs> i know such a a wonderful time to be an american huh uh yeah this is sister species heat death hold me here from their album light exchanges sister species.bandcamp.com oh i love it so much Holy crap. Great song. And, and you know what else? We had uh, the great Bob Malone on yesterday's interview show, and he is one of the great interviews. I mean, not only a wonderful singer, songwriter, musician with so much on his uh, resume as far as working with amazing A-listers like uh, Ringo Starr, Bruce Springsteen, Avril Lavigne, on down the list, Jackson Brown, and so many others, but uh, just a great interview. Just a, a funny guy, a very candid, honest guy. Uh, really, really entertaining. So if you haven't listened to Wednesday's interview show with Bob Malone, you want to do so, especially for his story when he was uh, summoned to Ringo Starr's house, which was mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> just immensely funny. Uh, him just fanboying out at uh, Ringo Starr's house. It's a lot less terrifying than getting summoned to John Lennon's house. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think Ringo is the least terrifying. Of, I mean, but I mean, maybe he, you know, was like... <laughs> On this of all days, the wedding of my daughter, you come to me. You know, I don't know. Like, but so it's not like meeting Don Corleone is what you're saying. Yeah, it uh, could be. I guess Ringo maybe Ringo's secretly hard. You know, like. <laughs> Secretly, it's like that SNL sketch with uh, Phil Hartman playing Reagan, where in, right when in the, public the he's all comes down and he's like this 
crime boss. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he's all kind and 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 humble in front of people. But then as soon as the people leave the Oval Office, he's like, okay, back to work. And he's, just, he's all right, boys. We gotta grease these banks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what Ringo Starr is probably like. No, 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 no. But uh, yeah, again, you have to listen to Bob Malone's interview on the show uh, yesterday. So entertaining. Okay, getting back into things here. The Derek Chauvin verdict uh, came down, of course, seconds <sighs> after we finished the okay. Tuesday show. I told you all guilty. Did I not say guilty? Yeah, you it called it. Guilty. And I was so happy oh. to be wrong about it because I was being really, especially right up to the moment the verdict was announced, I was just totally cynical about how that would land. Just from history, <laughs> from just having... Chauvin's eyes above his mask when they're like, guilty. <laughs> it's just like, but... But I am white. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like your white privilege car got declined at Cracker Barrel, buddy. <laughs> it was um, like those uh, <laughs> Warner Brothers cartoons when the lights would go out and you would see nothing but black on the screen and just yes. the two eyes darting back and forth. <laughs> I was like to watch Shelvin's eyes <laughs> above his mask. But I assume at this point, I don't know if you've heard anything uh, contrary to this, David, but I assume they're going to file an appeal. Um, but... He won't be out on bail. He's in solitary right. freaking confinement until, and that's going to be two months or however long it's going to be before the appeal goes through. So, I the judge's face because I, you know, I didn't trust that judge. I didn't like him. I heard the way he talked to that woman E oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and was just like, and when he was like, when they were reading the sentence and the prosecution said they weren't giving him bail. The judge really did look like, I mean, it was just like someone had slapped him. This was me when I heard they weren't giving him bail. (laughs) That's a, that's a. Off he went in handcuffs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nobody sat on his neck. Right, right. So um, this is the accountability that I think we desperately needed to see, but it certainly doesn't end the crisis. The crisis still tragically exists, and we're going to continue to see cases where these cops end up getting off. And uh, for the Banter newsletter at uh, thebanter.substack.com. By the way, is there a thing with Substack going on that I'm not aware of? Because now I'm getting shit for Substack. Like people are complaining Substack about Substack is getting a rep as being a place where people go when they have been rightfully shamed. Oh, <laughs> I see. Of, you know, and they're like, so like, you know, subscribe to my Substack where I'll be giving you the hot takes of like, you know, saying yeah. the N word and being not politically cr- like Barry Weiss is, you know, it's kind of become sort of a, a like a magnetic point for the, 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 what is it? The dark web. Oh yeah, intellectual. the intellectual dark web. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. But I published a piece in the latest edition of the Banter Newsletter about the prevalence of steroid abuse in police departments mm. and how this could be exacerbating the problem. I'm not necessarily saying it's the source of the problem. Certainly, systemic racism and the training and regulations that allow racism to manifest itself in these incidences of police violence. Uh, That's the main drive of the problem. I'm just saying that with the prevalence of steroid abuse in police departments, which is real, I mean, Mm -hmm. case after case after case, there was a huge situation in New Jersey where one doctor was supplying uh, anabolic steroids to something like 250 cops across, you know, 50 some uh, uh, departments. The steroids don't actually make you stronger, do they? They do. 
They actually do. Well, I mean, they, they, I guess not, they do not improve by the, performance per se. But yeah, like, not by themselves. They help you train harder, which then makes you stronger. But then at the same time, you're talking about derivatives of testosterone, which often metabolize. Unless you're taking what's called an aromatase inhibitor, the additional testosterone often metabolizes into uh, an estrogen called estradiol. And that's mm. what, at least from what I understand, that's what creates that roid rage. It creates uh, moodiness and irascibility. Um, it's not a good, in men and women, it's a lot of estradiol is not a good thing. It can cause all kinds mm -hmm. of trouble. So, and that's what often doesn't get controlled because you're, you know, whether you're under, you know, a shady doctor's care or you're doing it yourself, uh, a lot of times, you know, we're talking about illegal controlled substances and getting your hands on those things, not the easiest thing in the world. So um, as a consequence, you don't get a lot of guys who are, you know, using Trenbolone or, you know, DECA or supplementing testosterone. You're not getting those people with their hands on uh, aromatase inhibitors that would go along with, you know, those drugs to curb the estradiol. And so consequently, you may have police departments where you got guys walking around on a hair trigger because of their uh, steroid abuse. And obviously there have been some studies too as to whether or not that manifests itself in additional violence. I mean, there was one case where, you know, a cop who was abusing steroids just <laughs> went to subdue a suspect and the suspect just crumbled underneath of him. I mean, the guy was able to just manhandle this, uh, this particular suspect in this one case. I wrote about it all for uh, the banter newsletter at the banter.substack.com. But I just wanted to mention that by way of um, this being an enormously complicated problem. I mean, obviously systemic racism I and mean, how do you tackle systemic racism other than reforming police departments and making sure that people who have a susceptibility to white supremacy <laughs> are weeded out of the system? And fortunately, the Justice Department, Merrick Garland, is doing amazing work so far. The Justice Department is going to investigate whether the Minneapolis Police Department engages in a pattern or practice of unconstitutional or unlawful policing including the use of excessive force, discriminatory conduct, or the abuse of those with mental health illness or physical disabilities. Uh, Merrick Garland announced the investigation one day after Derek Chauvin was convicted of the murder death of George Floyd. The investigation is separate from the previously announced federal criminal inquiry into whether Chauvin violated Floyd's civil rights during his arrest and death last May. And remember, the cop who killed uh, Walter Scott, shot Walter Scott in the back, was not convicted of murdering Walter Scott. This cop was convicted of civil rights violations. And I think it was the same day uh, Chauvin was uh, convicted. This cop uh, went to the judge and asked for his sentence to be suspended. Overturned, right. Uh, overturned, right? So, the judge uh, said, mm, let me think about it. No. Yeah, so a federal judge denied ex-cop Michael Slager's motion for release from his 20-year prison sentence for the killing of uh, Walter Scott. According to CNN, a federal judge Monday declined to toss out the prison sentence of a former South Carolina police officer who fatally shot an unarmed black man in the back in 2015, one of the most shocking videos I've ever seen in my life. The judge denied a motion in which uh, former North Charleston police officer Michael Schlager, Michael, Michael Slager? asked that his 20-year prison sentence for violating Walter Scott's civil rights be set aside. Slager, 39, who was sentenced in 2017, argued in part that his attorneys were ineffective. In, the ruling, in his ruling, U.S. District Judge Richard Gergel wrote in negotiating a plea deal. Spell that, please. G-E-R-G-E-L. <laughs> U.S. District Judge Richard Gergel. Wow. 
<laughs> I bet that's Gurgle, but okay. Well, I'm or maybe going. Gurgle, I'm going with yeah. Gurgle, which is the name Gurgle. of. Isn't that Baby Yoda's real name? Gurgle. I don't know. <laughs> Wrote in negotiating a plea deal, Slager's uh, legal team, quote, fell within the bounds of reasonable professional competence and practice. And of course they did. Uh, He's just looking for an excuse to get out of jail. A lot of entitled privileged people. And unfortunately, not too many of them are being convicted like uh, like Slager was or like Derek Chauvin was. And that's still the thing. I saw someone uh, tweeted something to the effect of uh, justice one, racism zero. Well, not quite. No. no, justice one, racism, umpty ump billion. I mean, yeah, exactly. Exactly. We've got right. a lot yeah. of work to do still. This is just one case in many, many, many cases, and the deaths continue to come in. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. But one thing I can, I, th- I do think we should stop to enjoy is the right wing meltdown over the. Oh, did, did you see Greg, what happened with Greg Gutfeld? No, I've been trying to avoid him. What? Tell me. You know, I kind of wonder if we should start like a Gutfeld countdown to it getting canceled. <laughs> Um, yeah. Like, you know, instead of day whatever of the Trump administration crisis, we could just say day, you know, however many episodes of <laughs> Gutfeld have aired. Greg Gutfeld. Gutfeld with the exclamation point. You gotta, <laughs> it's not just Gutfeld, it's Gutfeld. Gutfeld, right after the verdict was announced, said, I'm glad Chauvin was found guilty on all charges, even if he might not be guilty of all charges. I'm glad that he is guilty of all charges because I want a verdict that keeps this country from going up in flames. That's an exact quote. Are you reading that? Yep, that's that's exactly what he said. Oh, okay, because that's like, I mean, I was like, did you think I was? Word. Did you think I was? I thought you were freestyling for a second, but yeah, that's no. I mean, yeah, that's a nice was, compliment uh, for my acting uh, skills. I think. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when it came out of his mouth. Even like Judge Janine was like, yeah. uh, Greg, like, n- no, that's the quiet part. We don't yeah. say, shh, shh, under the table. Like, that was, an, that was the most amazing thing. Program. Yeah, crazy Judge Janine. Greg, that is absurd. What do you mean when you've lost Judge Janine? You are yeah, completely, really. you know, out on a way, way out on a limb of dumb fuckery. That's for sure. And he certainly was. The other thing was, it wasn't just Judge Janine. You could hear other people off camera going, oh, oh. It was like the Michael Savage moment. Remember when Michael <laughs> Savage told the caller that he hoped he got AIDS and died? And you could hear, like, people in the other room going, oh, wait, no, like, There go our no. careers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're all going like that. But, I mean, these guys are on the wrong side of history. Absolutely. They're on the wrong side of the American people. They don't understand that most of the world, like 90% of the world is like, fuck Chauvin, and this guy was murdered. George Floyd was murdered in cold blood in the street on video. And Fox News is like, well, I'm, I'm glad Chauvin was convicted because otherwise we'd have riots in the streets. It's just fucking wrong. It's wrong, 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 wrong. You're getting it wrong. They just don't understand. Okay. Lots it's of- it's amazing because it's like, it's just like, how do you so, cons- it's like a, you know, a compass that consistently points 180 degrees the wrong way. Yeah, exactly. Like, how do you come out on the wrong side of every single fucking thing down to a microscopic level? Yeah, yeah. Well, they're really, uh, what do they call it? Uh, narrow casting. Uh, mm. Because, th- I mean, they're really looking for and plumbing for the depths of the worst possible audience. I mean, if that's the target, people that agree with Greg Gutfeld, that if that's a target, you're talking about a minute percentage of the American voting population. And they, they don't seem to know it. They don't seem to recognize that even, you know, a majority of Republicans thought Chauvin was guilty. 
You know, this is not something <laughs> that is equally divided or lopsided in, in the no. favor of uh, Republicans. <clears throat> this is not that way. Um, but there's one other thing I want to talk about here in a second. While we're all focusing on other things, the Republicans and all of their cynicism and fuckery passed a really horrendous thing through the Tennessee House. I want to talk about that right after one quick, one last quick break uh, back after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. of uh, Australian hip-hop here on the show. From Wellington, this is Select Few featuring Paradox and Calix. Song is called Not My Way from Solace Lane, that EP. Selectfew.bandcamp.com and Select has got a K in there. So you know. Uh, so great. I love the chorus on this. I love the sample. I'm Sue me. I'm you a know, huge Australians fr- all sound kind of high to me. So it yeah. just kind of flows right into this genre. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Australian hip hop. That's what I love. Okay. Uh, so getting back into things here. Let's see. Yes. The Tennessee House. The Tennessee House uh, just passed a new law and it's completely fucked up. It Is this requ- the anti protest law? No, well, those, uh, those, That's yeah, Florida. those are separate. Yeah, a bunch of new anti-protest laws that we're going to talk about here in a second. But in the meantime, the Tennessee House passed a bill requiring burial or cremation of aborted babies. Oh, God. Yeah, they passed this bill. Uh, the Republican Party controls both the state house and the state Senate. T- the Tennessee GOP's uh, Governor Bill Lee has historically been highly supportive of pro-life legislation. So it's likely that the bill will be enacted later this session. So if you get an abortion in Tennessee, if you can still find one, if you can still find a doctor who's going to do one, then after you get an abortion by state law, you have to have a, a funeral. For it's a well, at least a barrier, but small government, Bob. Small government, small government. <laughs> that's exactly right. As the great Barney Frank once said, uh, shrinking government small enough to fit into your vagina. There you go. Uh, just uh, yep, just horrendous, 
Uh, so when women like pass a fertilized egg in the early weeks of pregnancy, like they do apparently fairly routinely when they're yep. you know still menstruating, um, did that? I mean, do they need to call their doctor? And I mean, because like Lord knows the really devout Christian women will want to like you know comply to the law, right? They're gonna so they're gonna call what the county coroner. Yeah, it doesn't say here whether or not miscarriages uh, have to be <laughs> buried or cremated. But like we could have a funeral if I hadn't flushed it. You wouldn't you even know. know. You wouldn't even know that in some of those cases, some of the early fertilizations, like like within a week or whatever, and it just it ends up going out. It ends up uh, uh, being discharged, and no one even realizes it necessarily. It goes out. It seems like a period. I guess by flushing the toilet, you're violating Tennessee law. What do you have to <clears throat> save the contents of your toilet and make sure? Yeah, I mean, like you got to call the medical examiner and call the police, and tell them to come over and examine the clot. Yeah, like what happen? <laughs> what happens if you take a morning after pill? And I'm not talking about the morning after pills that uh, are authorized in the Affordable Care Act. I'm talking about the ones that do uh, prevent the implantation of a fertilized. Yeah. Well, it's it's still technically an abortion. And so when you pass that fertilized egg, as you said, you're going to have to. <laughs> so Tennesseans, every time you have sex, you're going to need to have a funeral. Just build that in. <laughs> yeah, I guess you got to put like one of those uh, fish tank nets next to your toilet or something like that. Is that what has to happen yeah, now? Just like assume that like, I mean, we'll have this funeral for the sperm too. Yeah. Why not? I mean, they're little beings, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> Tennessee State Representative Robin Smith uh, said, it's not fetal tissue. It's dismembered children. These fucking people are so disgusting and morbid and grisly with their language and describing this shit. And when we think about projection, yeah, what does this say? I mean, you know, because it's like the you know your QAnon people are so hung up about sex trafficking and they're like crazy about you know like oh my god people are having sex with minors, but like yeah, you know, you, you dealt it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you smelt it. Yeah. Maybe you dealt it. Like I don't know. And then a real sex trafficker pops up you know, with Matt Gates, and they're like, oh, this is a liberal witch hunt. Right. Like, uh, yep, yep. And this is the kind of shit they're pulling. And you know what? At some point, Democrats need to take a lesson from how they're boxing people in when it comes to reproductive rights. How they're, instead of going after and just straight up banning abortion, they're sort of peeling away layers of the onion instead. They're shaving the corners off of the law to kind of get away with it, to get around Roe v. Wade. And so Democrats need to take a lesson in that for guns. We need to figure out a way to go after insurance. You need to have gun insurance. If you have a gun, just yeah. like a car, you need to insure the fucker for the possibility of the damage and lives that it can disrupt and destroy. There you go. That's one way. I think there are many different ways. I mean, with the gun stores alone, what, you know what they do with the fucking uh, abortion clinics? You know how they make it almost impossible to have a, uh, a walk-in clinic that offers abortion services? I mean, all these trap laws are designed specifically to make those kinds of clinics extraordinarily rare if not extremely difficult to get to so why not do the same with there's no there's nothing Mm. in the constitution about the right to own a gun shop or the right to have a gun shop in your neighborhood there's nothing in there about that it has to do with arms the right to bear arms 
I mean, obviously, we're talking about the the big qualifier, which is under the, in the context militia? of a well-regulated militia. Exactly right. So that's when we're talking about this, that is already a given. I reject this notion that the Second Amendment allows people to own as many firearms as they want outside of the uh, rules and regulations of a well-regulated militia. Uh, so that's already a given. But the fact of the matter is, is there anything in the Second Amendment that says our town needs at least three gun shops? Or it's okay for Walmart and Cabela's to sell firearms that, you know, are intentionally designed to murder or wound living beings, whether you're talking about animals or people. That's the purpose. That is the intrinsic value of a firearm. That's what it's made for. That's yeah. its specific role as a piece of hardware. So can we allow these stores to continue? So you, you maybe go after it that way. Maybe you say, well, we can only, we're only allowed to have in the state of New York two gun shops, two places in the entire state where you can buy firearms. And by the way, they have to be heavily regulated. And as you said, David, insurance too. Maybe do that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think for the like the more killing potential, just like you for like you know you buy a Ferrari Testarossa or something, you have to pay a shit ton of insurance because yeah. it is designed to exceed safe speeds. <laughs> right. Right. So, <clears throat> a, well, assault rifle is designed to kill a maximum, you know, of the maximum number of bodies produced possible. So you need to pay mm -hmm. insurance on that shit, fucker. Oh yeah. You, if you have ten of them, you have to pay insurance on all of them. Yep, these people love the Second Amendment, but the First Amendment they could take or leave. Obviously, the part about freedom of religion, they're all into that. But the, the rest of the... Well, unless, unless it's not Christianity. <laughs> that is true, also true. Uh, they're all about their, you know, and they were at the First Amendment when someone tells them to put on a mask. Yeah. Well, you know, peaceful or, assembly is uh, apparently verboten among the Republicans because Republican lawmakers in 34 states have now introduced 81 anti-protest bills, including we talked about uh, Florida on Tuesday uh, with regard to that new law, which allows, makes it completely legal to drive your car into a crowd of people who are protesting. Irrespective Man, of what they're doing. I've got to go to a pro-Trump thing then and just like run some fuckers down and be like, okay. <laughs> Oops. It was a riot. There were three or more people involved in making, and their voices were raised. So, I mean, I freaked out and hit the gas. I mean, what, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> but yeah, 34 states, 81 anti-protest bills, more than twice as many proposals as in any other year. Republican legislators in Oklahoma and Iowa have granted immunity to drivers who strike and injure protesters with their car in public streets. God damn it. Indiana would bar anyone convicted of unlawful assembly from state employment, including elected office. Minnesota would prohibit those convicted of unlawful protesting from receiving student loans and unemployment benefits. Kentucky would make it a crime to insult or taunt a police officer. And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, as we said, signed sweeping legislation he called the strongest anti-looting, anti-rioting, pro-law enforcement piece of legislation in the country, once again making Florida even more of a police state than it was uh, prior to this legislation. And we all know uh, Ron DeSantis, to me, I mean, uh, he at least makes my governor look not as quite i mean because i look at ron DeSantis and i'm checking for the clown shoes i mean i feel like he should have like mickey mouse blue pants with shorts you know and big white buttons on the front like yeah he's just 
I coming I... coming full circle with Florida man, huh? Thank you, Florida. It's only appropriate that <laughs> that clown is the governor of the state of Florida. Absolutely. Well, we've got a lot more to talk about on the show. Uh, we're running a little bit long here today, so we're going to switch over to the postmortem show on our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com. Sign up for $5 a month, and you can listen to uh, David and I continue our conversation after this music ends. We keep on talking. That's how it works. And we just take that 20-minute segment, call it the postmortem show, pop it onto our Patreon page, and you can listen to it and enjoy. Uh, <laughs> this is a new pitch. How about that? Did you like yeah. that? Um, also, if you sign up at $15 a month, here's $15 a month. Here's what you get. You get a commercial free version of the show that you just heard. And what we do with the postmortem show is we just leave it intact at the end of that portion of the podcast. So you get an hour and a half of uninterrupted, uh, talking, <laughs> you get an hour and a half of uninterrupted us. And uh, the, the free show plus the postmortem show, we call that the ultimate edition of the Bob Seska Show podcast. So if you sign again, you sign up at $15 a month, you're going to get that. Plus, you're going to get the uh, Friday after party with me and Kimberly Johnson. You basically get everything at $15 a month. Everything we offer, you get all of it. Plus access to our community of listeners and the comment sections and the... Uh, the uh, uh, community tab where you can post your own blog entries and so on. You get full access to our Patreon page. Again, that's bobseskashow.com. If you go there now and you're unsubscribed, you can see all of the different tiers, the different options you have right there on that page. It's as simple as uh, just about anything as long as you know how to use a computer. And that's often questionable. <laughs> Sometimes I've screwed it up myself. Uh, so there you go. Meanwhile, David Ferguson's uh, music project is astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Where can people find you, David, on Twitter? Because I know you had a... Compromat Band. Compromat That's Band. Me. There you go. Okay, great, 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 great. Any music coming up? Oh, yeah, you know what? We've got a new single from you uh, coming up in May, right? I think so. I've got to figure out what we're going to do with it. It's It sounds so good, and I'm like, we need to maximize the impact of this. Absolutely. But subscribers to my podcast will get a preview this weekend. Can, I'll put it up over there. Can you at least preview... Uh, who it's a cover of, put it that way. Yeah, it's a cover of a song by This Mortal Coil, which is an 80s group made up of a bunch of people from the 4AD label. And they were covering um, Tim Buckley, who was Jeff Buckley's father. Oh my God, Songs I had no called... idea. So Tim yeah. Buckley was a musician? Yes. Oh. It's huh. Song to the Siren. Outstanding. Okay, well that'll be at astralsummer.bandcamp.com and also we'll premiere right here on this show coming up in May. All right, Postmortem Show's next. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. Bye. Have a good weekend. Bye.